for the last time we discussed the if a person is asked to see himself in perspective, it become quite disheartening. Um, we try to pave the way for the chidush of the mission when it says a person is obligated to say that the world was created for him is preempted by the feeling that I make no difference to the world whatsoever. And we say that if you actually think about it rationally, it's not so hard to conceive of. <laughs> the world's got millions of people in it. And if you're trying to measure yourself in, in the context of history as well. So therefore, what, what you can a- actually even ever hope to achieve is pr- pretty insignificant. And therefore, um, what is the Chiddush of Bishvilini for Olam, the world was created for me and how does it take part? One of the answers suggested was that even though on the global scale our contributions are extremely limited, but on the personal scale they can be great. And a person who loses a close friend or a parent, he can feel that his world has been destroyed. So maybe that's the context. But I'd like to perhaps deal with it a bit further. But first of all, contrast a different kind of avoider that we have to focus on, which is tangentially related. So let us, if we could, before all of you fall asleep because of the amount of big words I used in long sentences, um, let's take a, a squiz at the Ramchal, what he says in the beginning of the third chapter of the first rung on the ladder, which is known as Zahirus or watchfulness, care. He says the following thing, that a person that wants to examine and become aware of his deeds, he needs to have two prerequisites. And they are as follows. He needs to have an overall um, understanding of what the true good is in order to choose it, and the true bad in order to flee from it. Secondly, he needs to evaluate his deeds in light of those two concepts. So I'd like to speak a little bit about something which is almost impossible to avoid, and that's the idea of decision. Every decision inevitably involves some level of comparison, some kind of comparison. That's how decisions work. When I choose to um, eat a particular flavor of ice cream, it's because I compare the flavor with the other flavors offered and flavors that I've eaten in the past, and that allows me to come to the conclusion this should chocolate flavor, in this case, should be eaten. So I'd like to show you a few interesting examples of how comparisons can affect a person in terms of adjusting his choice, which make, makes a person quite irrational. And I'll begin with an internet advertising campaign which went as follows. It was an advert for a subscription to a magazine known as The Economist. <laughs> and there were three options available. The first option was $59 for a yearly subscription to the internet edition. The second option was $125 to a yearly subscription to the hardcover edition. And the third option was $125 for both the internet and the hardcover edition, the hard edition. Okay? So you could get 59 for the internet, 125 for the, 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 the hard, hard edition, or 125 for both. What was for the hard edition? 125. So in other words, the same, the same price. The same price. So, um, a person who's an interesting social scientist, his name is Dan Ariely, he did a study and he found that given those three options, I've forgotten the exact statistics, I think it was about 60 to 70 percent chose the third option of 125 for both. Then what he did was, he cut out the middle option 
and did a further survey. So it's either $59 for the internet subscription or $125 for both. And then the percentage of people that chose the $125 dropped radically and the people that chose the internet option rose incredibly. Because there's no perceived value. In other words, because the mechanism whereby we make choices is comparison based, so now when I give you three options and I give you a good, a reasonable option and then two options which have a similarity, one is awful and one is relatively speaking way better, I will choose the way better option because I already will compare the two similar things. Okay? But he cut out the middle one, so the one he left was getting both. Getting both or 59 for the internet for the internet alone. Okay? Now, he shows example, another example of the same process. Uh, this is often used as a technique in sales. A person wants to buy a house. So, they'll show him a house which is um, completely not what he's looking for. A, a beat-up version of the kind of house he wants for a okay price. And then a great version of that same house obviously for a much higher price so now what it does is in contrast to the beat up version he's getting a real bargain so the chances are he'll invest in the house which is that much better than the beat up version another example another example Gavin you want to you want to have falafel for lunch and you see an advert in the paper and it says falafel two shekels for falafel and then you see the normal price is 10 shekels so you have an 8 shekel saving the only problem is a 2 shekel place is 50 minutes away would you go the 50 minutes to save the 8 shekels? Vada Vada Pretty good deal, right? You're in, a, you're in a shop and you're buying a new suit and the suit's a hundred and the suit's a thousand shekels and there's a suit which is being sold, the same suit Two, 15 minutes away at another shop but this time it's 982 shekels would you go to the other shop to save the 8 shekels? in other words the chances are you're not going to go Mimon of shock one second is 8 shekels important to you or not? <coughs> why when it's compared to a thousand shekels, it becomes a tiny amount. When it's compared to ten shekels, it's a huge amount. So we see things relatively. We see them compared to what we're... Another example. Another example. Have you guys ever had the, the, the um, holiday friend syndrome? You go on holiday, you meet someone, and you are mamish, get along like a house on fire. And then you come what? back. <laughs> you get along like a house on fire. Swimmingly. Oh, uh, every everybody's trying to get out. So you get oh, sorry, that's not a that's not an American expression. I, I, I Let me try this. One second. You get along like a house on fire. <laughs> no, um, didn't work. Get along like a house on fire. No. Just as a house ignites and starts to burn with incredible ferocity. So too does this friendship develop with fire. Oh, You've heard the expression, yeah, yeah of course. It's a, it's, a, it's a well-known expression. I can't believe that you don't know it. You're a proper Amorite. <laughs> Gavin, have you heard of that expression? Nelson, have you heard of that expression? But I couldn't imagine what it means. 
Do you have really good I've heard of something like it. Okay, have you heard the expression? You can say the truth. No. Okay, now let's Yoke ask. Pretty smart. Yes, let, no, definitely not. Okay, so Ben, no. one second. Let's let's I've let's try. It. I'll try another approach. Uh, Jenkins, have you heard the expression? Yeah, of course. Aaron, yeah. no question. Uh, <laughs> John, you've heard the expression? Yeah. My sample size uh, is bigger. <laughs> 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 okay, I think interesting. Because uh, the the holiday the holiday friend syndrome. You go on holiday. You get along really well with someone, you, you get back. So friends, sorry, sorry, I beg your pardon. I will try to speak in a clearer tone. You go on holiday. 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 You meet a friend. Vacation. You meet a rowdy swell guy. Friend, he's your friend. Because uh, what happens is, you get along extremely well extremely well and then when you return to your your place where which is your natural habitat and you can you, you kind of reconnect with this guy and generally you just got nothing to say with you it's like it just it like fuzzles out very quickly so what's chat the chat is partial Pshat is Pshat, it's Pshat, 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 Pshat. Where you are, you generally like you say you're going to a foreign country and you happen to be in Spain. And you meet a person that speaks English. So now, in contrast to your environment, you guys are mamish so, so close. Because you share a common language and you have certain cultural overlaps, which are gewaldic. So compared to all the Spaniards around you, this is a match made in heaven. Masha and Cain, when you get back to your natural home, and there you're surrounded by people who are very similar to you. So then on the contrary, this guy's got no connection, he's completely an outsider. So you see that not only does the notion of comparison determine, if you're not aware of it, the kind of investments you make, to the degree that even real estate investments will be determined by, not only which pizza you should buy, or falafel, even in terms of friendships, will be developed based on the theory of comparisons and contrasts. So if that's true, it becomes very difficult to define good and bad. Because take for example, here we are in the yeshiva, and a person wants to know, am I growing in my Judaism or not? So let's take for example the idea of tefillah, am I davening well? So how are you going to measure that? Well, you look at the people around you. Now let's say I'm saying this is an arbitrary measure, but some people use it. Let's say that the way to measure good davening is the amount of time you, stay, you spend in Shemone Esra. Now you're davening in a minion where the average time given for the Shech Tzibur is 10 minutes. And you daven and after three and a half minutes you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs. Um, so you think, okay, obviously my davening is not up to scratch and therefore I'll have to try to work on it. Same person, put him in a minion where the average time for, for the Shemone Esra is three and a half minutes. You think, I'm doing amazingly well, Baruch Hashem. I'm doubling like I meant to be. Maybe everybody is not doubling. No, but I'm saying how you evaluate yourself because it's almost inevitable that you contextualize your value based on the people around you. But I mean, you can you can know like even if the people immediately around you 
um, it's not just the people immediately around you. You know there are other people around you further out. Oh, so therefore you've got a broader field of comparison. So obviously if you know that there's six minyanim, they dive in 15, they dive in 10, they dive in 7, they dive in 3. So you can say, well, there's a spectrum, and therefore probably the average is 7, and if you're really good, so then 10, and if you're exceptional, it's 15. Um, but ultimately it's still, a, it's still comparative. There could be some minion out there that you don't know about that they do a 45 minute And since you, yeah, I know, of course, you haven't seen them, so you don't know. What do you mean? Why are you looking at me? Rip 2 Maya? Easily. Easy, I'll dive in that way. So Rip 2 Maya, they don't have a clock in the shul. Shemone, the, the, the Shabbos minion starts around about 8 and finishes around about 2. Okay? So now, if that would be, imagine, 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 Jeremy, imagine this. Imagine this one second. Calm down, take a deep breath. Imagine that you become from, through one of the. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, I know it's, I know it's outlandish. Imagine you become from, through, through one of his chasidim. And so, you've never been to davening in your life before. You've never been to davening in your life before. He says, why would you come with me? We're going to pray now. So he says, okay, well, how long does it take? You say, well, it's from 8 or 2. So he says, okay. And he comes, and like after, per- perhaps if it's his first time, he may say like after like three hours, he says, listen, you know, it's a little bit too much, we need a breather. He says, no problem. And slowly but surely, your cure process works, and he's never been exposed to another twiller, right? So he, he eventually gets up to where he can actually enjoy the twiller, and he doubles on showers from two to eight. Then you take him to a minion that starts at seven, ten years, over about ten. He'll possibly not know what to do. He'll think that people have absolutely lost their kalim. Nachon? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the mamas lost their kalium. Lost, the, lost the marbles. 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 It's a cigarette. Yeah, they lost their cigarettes. See, even Austin Tweed's getting rid of his American accent. Remember, if the people, uh, his, but from his perspective, that's wrong. From the person who has kavana from the 7:30 to 10:30 minion, then he sees the 8 to 12. Yes, again, this is not a forum for you to defend yourself. Again, I'm not attacking you. <laughs> you're doing great, and you're an amazing guy, and we love you. The point. That's not the point. That's not the point. The point. I'm not. Yes, yes, yes. The point. The point is that our sense of right and wrong, good and bad, seemingly is culturally imposed. That's the point. Meaning. Since we see things, in, we compare, and that's how we evaluate, good or bad. For example, am I learning well? Now, if you, the people around you are more studious than yourself, and they don't get out of their seats and make coffee every 20 minutes, so then you'll say, no, the truth is I could be, I'm having way too many breaks. If everyone around you gets up every 10 minutes and has a schmooze for another five, and then comes down with their coffee and schmoozes further, so you think I'm doing, I'm doing amazingly. If you've been in a different context where people sit down and don't get up for three hours and you say, I'm failing dismally. So it's almost inevitable that we evaluate things based on comparisons. So therefore, if that's true, how do we ever come to a decision of, of, of right and wrong, good and bad, and am I maximizing or minimizing? In other words, let's say for example, let's say that I had, someone once came to me and he said, you know, he thinks that it's very unrealistic for a person in the working world to spend any decent amount of time learning Torah. It's just not realistic. It's, just not, it's not realistic. I said, well, what community do you belong to? It belongs to a community where people have jobs and no one learns. <laughs> so, of course, it's unrealistic. If you were to go to a community where people have jobs and they learn, where are there are communities that they learn three, four hours a day, you'd say, what do you mean? It's completely realistic. 
all these bad about they're going for three, four hours a day. Now, I'm not saying there aren't objective factors which play a role, but what I'm saying is this notion of comparison is so inherent in our thinking processes that it's impossible to escape. If it's impossible to escape, it almost seems that our sense of, of, of growth and development, pursuit of purpose and mission in life, is, is based on where we place ourselves and not based on true intrinsic factors. In other words, where we place ourselves seems to be, a, it seems to be circumstantial mm-hmm. as opposed to intrinsic. And I find that immensely problematic. Yes? Take, for example, a person... Um, that, that, that has ina- enormous intellectual potential, but he's put in an environment, and, and this is, I mean, this is, I suppose is, is, is quite widespread in uh, areas where there's, where there's a lot of poverty and uh, a lack of education. So people's aspirations of what they can achieve become limited by their environment. And a lot of, like, let's say, inner city projects are to try to shift that. That you give people different perspectives because you introduce new ways of comparing. So when the Ramchal, busing people to uh, busing kids from the inner city to school. Perfect solution. So then they get a whole new level of comparison. So it's, th- it's not just comparison, though. In in some situations, like there, like like I mean, you said before, like there are facts on the ground. Like inner city schools get less funding. Uh, of course, of course, of course. There are many, many factors. But I'm isolating the notion of comparison to see how fundamental it is in our definition and our relationship relationship to self. Definition of purpose and achievement and relationship to self. Are you following me, Marziano? And this is also, you know, I, my sister said this years ago, and I never understood what she's saying. She's saying, if you want to be happy, make sure that the people that you surround yourself are in a lower income, income bracket than yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you feel rich. Whereas if you hang around with rich friends, so then you always feel like you're deprived. That's one of the reasons I moved to Israel. <laughs> you can be poor and feel rich. <laughs> wow, he's got a new sweater, and that's only been five years since he got his last one. Whoa, hey, hey look at him, Gvir, Gvir. It's amazing, it's amazing stuff. Wouldn't it also do the reverse by you strive to be better than if you strive? Because, like, I don't like the seven habits book, but one of the ones is you surround yourself with successful people because it'll it'll make yourself feel worse to strive you to be more successful. So, so again, that that's also correct. It can work both ways. Yeah. Meaning, yeah, if you if you if you if you, if you if you surround yourself with the successful people, so then your views of what success is will be greatly lifted up. But from the, from the same aspect, if you are getting a lower income because it's not working so quickly, so better work with them and live with the Joneses. The poor Joneses. Hey? That's the ideal. The ideal is to live in Israel but have a prognosis from America. <laughs> Which is what many people take a do. But they Oh, thank you. Thank you for that bit of tax bracket information. What is tax Ten years tax free. Tenure? Yeah, so ten years. Ten years. Ten years. When you move to Israel, ten years tax free. First ten years are tax free. Is that right? The Northern Fields Crown Operator. That's amazing. It's amazing. So I strongly recommend that after your degree you come live here because then you have all the advantages. You'll be in a spiritually sound environment. You'll be raking in the cash and you'll be living off the fat of the land. <laughs> That's unbelievable. 
Beautiful. Hey, we're four. back. <laughs> okay, so. Are we saying comparisons are just inherently bad then? We're not oh saying bad or good. We're saying yeah, that there's the right. basic, the most basic yeah. cognitive function. It's just, unhap- it's just what it is. Right? Is, w- is that's how we work. Mm-hmm. We can't avoid <coughs> comparisons because we have no other means of evaluating things. If you don't have a comparison, how do you know good or bad? In other words, it's, it's a notion which we, we did discuss, I think, maybe briefly, of if there's no such thing as darkness, you can't experience light. You need to have contrast in order to grasp what you're involved in. That's a comparison. I know it's light because it was dark. I know that, I know that I'm happy because I was sad. If you don't have a range... So then you don't grasp it. In other words, the deeper Kiddush over here is that the completion of a given idea involves itself and its counterside. Light has to be darkness and light. Happiness has to be happiness and sadness. Understanding has to be fogginess and understanding. That is the description of Olam Hazer. Olam Hazer is a world of comparisons. It's a world of value. Things weigh different things. That's why Olam Hazer is Vayihi Ev, Vayihi Boikev. Darkness, light. And a dafka starts with darkness. Because from the darkness is when you can appreciate the light. No darkness, no light. Yes, Gavin. Um, the comparison thing, it obviously leads to a lot of pitfalls, but on the, on the other side, couldn't it also help in the sense that I've heard um, the, like, kind of up, a practical way to like up your own spirituality is that you hang around people who are obviously more learned and more Absolutely. Absolutely. In other words, it works both ways. It works both ways. The question is, though, this is, this is the question that the alternate Vardak puts across. The question is, okay, so now we know that we wired to compare. Um, that seems to be that our life will be a process of comparing ourselves to others around us. And therefore, essentially, the ultimate our ultimate destinies are decided by geographical location which seems rather sad seems rather sad surely there's something in this world called truth and perfection in their own intrinsic sense before we come on to the answer to this question we're going to fetch a kasha from Alex Greenfield <laughs> and his nice new haircut it is sharp Thank you. again this is coming from a person who has no hair <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, can't you to an extent? I can experience like the cut part, but the hair part is a little different. For com- <laughs> so compared to me, compared to me, I love your hairstyle. Compared to, unfortunately, Michael Denise is not with us. But uh, compared to him, it would probably be a very bad job. Sorry, go on. Um, to an extent, like yeah, you you can compare yourself. I mean, is what about like comparing yourself? You know, to kind of get your bearings, like to see where you are. And um, then after that, just compare yourself to your progression and whatever you're doing. To you have to yeah. compare your progression to other people's progression. Are you progressing faster? No, no, no. You no. definitely do not do that. Because people, yeah, really? everybody's different. No. No. Everybody's no, different, different, but what, I mean, if you're like... And what if you, I mean, what like, if you, what if you fall short of their me, progression? To me, being... Well, like, then to your progression, I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily your progression versus their progression. It's your... Pro- it's hard. You can't, you can't really judge it. 
for me so to the be ideal good would be your progression like, potential versus their another, progression potential and what they actually fulfill. That's ideal. You can't really know it. Let me, let me to, talk. Let me for one second. Well, I was talking and then you I started never, talking while I was. So. Actually, I was. He was talking and then you talked and then he was talking. Now he. And it's just you're just interrupting all this. If I've never, if I've never, if I've never used charcoal, if I never used charcoal before, like the drawing charcoal. And you've never used charcoal before. Who do you think is going to be better quicker? Yeah. Yeah. If Absolutely. I've never done used this certain math equation before, but you have, er, er, but you haven't, who do you think is going to pick up on it? Probably me. Yeah. So you can't compare. I can't compare myself to you. And if if I do, that's how you end up like. Okay. So now, Alex, you've brought the whole now you know the whole the whole complexity of comparison is not only that your level of achievement and your ultimate purpose will be dictated by the people that you surround yourself, and also could bring forth to immense frustration when let's say you're surrounded by people that have a talent in an area where you're weak and try to mirror their talent and then as a result you feel like an absolute failure because they're all very good at doing one thing you're very good at doing something else but that thing that you're very good at doing isn't given an avenue of expression in the context you're in which for many people many people can be yeshiva in its isolated cold sense in other words, if you extrapolate the principle of Gomorrah learning, it generally involves a person that has a natural talent in a variety of pretty sound cognitive reasoning. Now, if you have a person who has no training in that, the chances are the process may fluster him. It's not because he's stupid. It's because either that his talents lie in other areas, or also his talents lie in other areas, and also he hasn't received the training which will allow him to succeed in this area. So what happens when you get that person, and he's not receiving the training, and he keeps on meeting what he calls failure, which is really him trying really hard, and if he'd be surrounded by people of the same ilk as him, would be startling success. So the difference of character and talent then also plays a role in comparisons in terms of Am I succeeding or failing? Absolutely. And that becomes even more problematic in the whole comparison zach. Like, what, what I was saying, it's not, you, there's, no, there's no practical way to do it, but it's, it's how much you're fulfilling your potential versus how much other people are fulfilling their potential. You're working, like, if, if, you're, if the maximum you could do right now is, like, n, n uh, lines of Gemara a day, and the maximum I could do, or someone else could do, is 2n, and you're doing, and you're doing, Maybe you're doing n, two. and I'm doing uh, n, like 1.5n, so you're, you're doing better. Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't understand the equation, but I get you just. If, I, if the best I could do is two pages a day, yes. and the best you could do is one page a day, and I'm doing a page and a half, and you're doing a page, and you're doing great, and you're falling no, short. Maybe both. I no, no, you're you doing a page is the, doing the, much better than us. That's right, that's right, that's right. So that, that, that's where it becomes very difficult. In other words, comparisons are what we use. Comparisons can be inaccurate. Comparisons can be misleading. And comparison can be situational. And therefore, the question is, where does an alternative mode of understanding and appreciating and valuing and measuring lie? That's really what we wanted to build up today. Yes? You following me? It's a crucial thing, it's a basic thing, and, and there's so many, many, many repercussions in daily life. Correct? As we see, it's Tama, a person. People come to me and they'll say, I'm really not doing well in learning. And you, I'll ask them, why not? And they'll say, because three guys in my share have moved up to the next year. So what? 
So again, he's a comparison himself. His level of comparison of success is moving on to the next year. He hasn't succe- he hasn't done that. So clearly, he's failing. Who says that's right? How do you measure them whether you're ready for the next year? Listen, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to try to put you up here, okay? You belong where you are, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> tries to hijack there for his own personal reasons. We're discussing a concept over here. Lewis wants to justify his doubling. You want to justify why you need to move up. Forget it, okay? Forget it. Forget it. Nothing to forget. Okay, Rabbi Isai. The kids are the end. <laughs>